This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Well, hey, it's Greg Stanley. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. As you know, this podcast is designed to share the career journeys of successful individuals with students to help them crystallize their own career paths. Well, today, I thought it'd be fun to share the inspirational stories of the teachers who are educating our students. So over the next year, I hope to interview as many teachers of the year as possible. And today, I'm starting with Leela Kubesh, who is the 2020 Teacher of the Year for Ohio. Leela, how are you doing today? And thank you for joining the Learn From Others podcast. I am doing very well, thank you. Well, I really appreciate your time today because I think it's really important for us to recognize and honor the teachers that are really doing a wonderful job with our students. So thank you. I am very honored to be on your show, and thank you so much for reaching out to me. Yeah, and one reason I wanted to do this is I know there's been some teachers that have really influenced me in my past, and obviously you're influencing students today. So I'm kind of curious, uh, who inspired you to be a teacher in the first place? When I was uh, little, I um, grew up in a family that uh, we didn't have much. My parents were in the Peace Corps, and they were doing service in Africa, and I went to a public school, and I struggled with the language, and one teacher, she was not even my teacher, uh, that summer gave me a book. I didn't have any books, and I read it so many times, and I fell in love with the words in print. Mm. And that had had a, a, a profound impact on my life, that I started to work like babysit, teach the children of diplomats, and I used all my earnings to buy books. And by the end of my uh, time at the high school, I graduated as a valedictorian, and I saw the power of reading and early literacy, and that not only has impacted me as an individual, but it inspired me to become a teacher and to always have literacy as a mission. Wow, that's really great. Now, what book was that first book? Uh, it was a, a French series. Uh, it's uh, Alice, which would be like Alice, and it has these children. And I remember in, the, in that book, it was about El Dorado. And my dad was from Colorado, and I did not know that. And on the last day, you know, he said, well, we're not going to be here in Africa anymore. We're going to go to Colorado. So I told all of my friends that we're going to go to El Dorado. And everybody didn't even really think it was real until I actually left, and everybody was very upset. Uh, but I, it was just, everything in that book was so real. I loved everything. It captivated imagination. It created this mindset of being open-minded, and maybe that there's a world outside, outside of me that I was not aware of, and it was. Wow, that's really cool. Now, where do you teach, and what grade do you teach? I teach at Norwood Middle School. I teach foreign languages, uh, teach 7th and 8th grade. I also teach English as a second language. Okay. Now, what qualities do you feel make you successful as a teacher? You have to love what you're doing. Mm. I used to think that you have to go by what you're good at. And I worked for American Airlines for a long time, and that's how I paid for my school because I thought that's what I was good at speaking languages and helping people. But deep in my heart, I felt like there was a void 
I didn't care for what I was doing. I remember taking my checkbook when I go to the bank and everybody get excited, like, oh, you're, you work for the airline, that is so amazing. But I didn't feel it was anything amazing. And when I became a teacher, I would take my check and I'd go to the bank and everybody goes, what grade do you teach? And I would say, eighth grade. And they'd say, bless your heart. Say, my heart is fine. I'm so happy <laughs> what with what I'm doing. I'm so excited. And I think it's really love what you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Well, now, what are some of the biggest challenges you face as a teacher? Is it time? Is it resources? Is it students? You know, what is, Not what? at all. <laughs> None of those are challenges. None. It's, um, I love what I'm doing. I love the kids. Maybe the greatest challenge is children being able to express themselves. And so we have to be very creative in getting them to talk about what it is that interests them, that way you can weave that into the learning. And so, for example, I teach foreign languages, and I ask them, you know, what do they struggle with? And two years ago, they talked about being able to focus in my classroom because they feel hungry. And so we talked about what are some (laughs) ways we can solve that problem. And they ended up writing a grant, and we did a piloting a breakfast in the classroom. And so... I think of a problem as an opportunity. How can they express what it is that concerns them? That way they can turn that issue and make learning relevant and then propose solutions. Right, right. Well, that's a great way to look at it. Now, do you have an example where you felt like you really connected with a student? Now, that could be either on a personal level or an educational level, you know, where you found, felt like it finally clicked after working for a while? Always it has. Um, well, I know, uh, I think it was two years ago when my students walked out of the classroom, and I think that was maybe March 14th. It was a day in March, and they all walked out wanting to be safe. And I remember that day we were forbidden from going out with the students. And I felt very conflicted because we are allowing the kids to go out. Well, we don't have a choice. They're going to go out. But I couldn't be there to make sure they are safe. And when they came back, one student asked me, and she said, do you support us? Mm. And that's when it hit me that sometimes students don't realize what we have to do. That, you know, of course I said, of course I support you. And they wanted to have a voice. They wanted to have visibility. They wanted to tell the world that they want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, wow. uh, you know, it's when I, and I said, well, do you feel like you're not supported? And I said, no, nobody, we, nobody listens to us. We're always in trouble. At home, we are reprimanded for not doing enough work, not getting along with siblings. At school, we are reprimanded for not doing enough work, for not getting along with peers. And that's, I have never thought about that. And uh, I wanted to support them. And I, I, that's when we, we want to support the children, but sometimes we don't know how. And I just asked them, what would it be? What would you want? And they said, that. We want to have a voice and we want to have visibility. And so we started doing projects, and I would call the media to get them to have a voice and visibility. And, of course, where I teach, um, my students said, you know, nobody will come to us. And I said, no, of course, they will come. Right. And I would call, I would email, and sure enough, we were stood up. Like so many times, and I thought, okay, I want to help the kids have voice and visibility what we do. What should I do? In the end, you know, they say, well, we would like to have a, a talk show, like um, 
want to have our own talk show. I wrote grants, and they helped me. Why I had a, also participated in a, a live pitch by a few of the fire help in Cincinnati. I won third place. And we ended up having, um, getting momentum and getting uh, community support. And now they do have two talk shows until the closing of the school. They have, um, or they had a talk show every day after school. Exactly like what you're doing where they bring in experts from the community to ask about questions they feel is important to them that would impact their lives. And so this wow. is an example of how we can take a problem and find a solution. So the students interview the professionals? Is that how it works? Yes. Yes, they can. Uh, for a long time, they would. Uh, they had a um, pediatric surgeon. They have coaches. They have um, dancers. They had a classical pianist. They had uh, just the... The uh, the guest speakers were as unique as the children themselves, and so the children by the end of the year they would they are responsible for having ten talk shows, and they oh, can wow. do it in any language. They can also do it in a language they speak if English is not their native language, as long as the guest speaker speaks their language. And uh, I wrote a grant with uh, Martha Holding where we have received enough funds to update the. Um, uh, a studio that we already had. It's a partnership with Norwood Community Television. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a really cool program. That sounds like something fun and exciting for the kids to be involved in, and it's something that they can learn from. And then you also have local leaders or business professionals in the community who can give back to the next generation. So that's really cool. Love that program. Well, it also helped us learn about the resources and opportunities in the community. For example, I was not aware of all the things that uh, the Red Cross did. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Now, I know you said, you know, from a challenge perspective, you're doing pretty good. But if there's one resource, one additional resource you could have for your teaching role, what would it be? That's a difficult question because I don't feel like I need anything. Um, maybe well, right now, I wish I could be in the classroom. I wish I knew all about the different technologies available to make it work. I wish there was a way that all the students had access to technology or not technology, the inter internet access. Mm, so those right. are the, the challenges that I face right now, uh, needing to learn many new things in very little time. Right, right. So to our audience, we are in the midst of COVID-19, probably four or five weeks into it. So everybody's at home. And actually, while we're talking about that, could you tell me a little bit about the challenges you're facing? So it sounds like connectivity to your students from an internet perspective is probably one of the biggest challenges you have, right? Yes, definitely. I My day starts at 7, and sometimes it ends at 11 p.m. Yes, well, this past Saturday I forgot the days of the week, and I called a lot of, you know, a lot of students. So I feel like there's no break um, where, you know, at school, you know, okay, this is a lunchtime, um, this is your prep time. This, I don't have that, so my day seems to be much longer. You don't know when they start, you don't know when they end. So for me <laughs> right. to... Uh, and of course, if a kid calls me at midnight, I'm very excited, to, you know, to be able to connect and ask, ask, you know, answer the question. So I, that's not an issue. But the issue is being able to explain things in a way that I used to, being in right. the classroom. So I can, I started creating videos. I call them, but then we need, they need supplies. How can I get that to them? And then I thought, okay, well, I'm. 
I can drive and deliver these items. But then when you go to a store, some stores, and say, well, we don't want to use cash because they don't want to touch anything, then I say, maybe I shouldn't have anything that they can, they can touch. Right, um, right. So those are the challenges. How can I maximize what I'm doing right now in a way that I used to and reach out to everyone the way I used to? Um, if I guess the resources, being able to have the knowledge the skill and the method right. to very quickly. Right. So you could reach your students remotely as we're having to do today. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So because I think delivering information is not enough about service learning. We need things. We need to be able to work uh, with with resources, with things in our hand, not just by phone. So that is the challenge. But if you had asked me this question before COVID-19 and say, what's, uh, if you could have any resource, I would say there's really nothing that I need. Well, that's good to know. That's really great to know. So if you would, you know, having been named the Teacher of the Year for Ohio for 2020, what was that process like? Like, I don't even know. Like, where were you when you found out? Is it kind of like the Heisman Trophy Award where you... You know, you get a statue. I don't know. <laughs> what was that? What was that whole? Uh, uh, give us an overview. I, my uh, Dr. Sable, uh, the superintendent of Norwood City School, uh, called me and she said, "I need you to come. We can meet." And I, I love the woman, and I said, "Sure." And she said, "You know, there's uh, people from the media that would like someone from the media that would like to talk to you." And I hated to tell her that. Well, I didn't have experience with the media coming to our school she goes no they will come I said okay I guess if you think they will come I will stay after school but deep down I was working on a project with my students I went to the office and uh, the person was extremely articulate knew so much about education and uh, this is very unusual because uh, not experienced with someone who spoke like this or understood so much or be able to ask the questions that he was asking and at the end of that in, uh, of that talk turns out to be the superintendent of Ohio Public School of uh, the doctor you know, Mr. Paolo Di Maria and that's, he says congratulations you won the Ohio Teacher of the Year for the year 2020. Wow so did you have any knowledge that this was coming at all? I had some knowledge because I had already been named one of the four finalists. So I knew one of us was, it was narrowed down to four. Wow. Wow. Well, that's really amazing. So what did you do right after that? Uh, I went back to my classroom. I cleaned the desks because uh, I would, next day I was going to serve students uh, snacks. So I made sure the classroom, you know, my day didn't change uh, with that information because I was not allowed to tell anyone for an entire month. Oh my goodness. That was supposed to be, yeah, so you need to sit on the information for, I couldn't even tell my mother because she would tell everyone. Right, right. Uh, So I I didn't. Wow, wow. Well, that's really amazing that you, (laughs) you get this great, wonderful news and you go right back to work and you can't tell anyone. Wow. Okay. Well, now, is there anything while we have their ears you would like to tell your students? To let them know that we are, we, we miss them very much. And we, we also, as educators, we do feel anxious. We feel uncertain. But for sure, we want them to be safe. We want them to be healthy. We want them to know that we worry about them. And we love to hear their voices. I personally would love to be called every day by everyone if it was possible. Right. Wow. And uh, we want them to take good care of themselves because we want to see them back healthy. 
and everything else doesn't matter whether it's graduation or advance you know when they're healthy we can always make that up again wow well thank you so much for sharing your teacher of the year uh, experience with us on uh, the learn from others podcast i really appreciate your time today well thank you so much thank you for listening to learn from others where we help others succeed by sharing success where will our next adventure take us subscribe to find out if you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation contact greg through instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.